I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we are live on a Monday, what feels like a Monday, okay? You know, I check hope your, it's a Monday. Every, check your calendars. Everything to, blends. To, to verify, but according to everything, I believe it's a Monday. And, um, you know, on Monday, okay, it's relaxing. Mm-hmm. It was nice out. You know, it wasn't too hot. You know, we, we want to keep the mellow vibes going. And so we have a person that we're interviewing on the show for the first time ever. It's Brittany, who you may know as Trap Yoga Bay, certified vinyasa. Hope I pronounced that right. Yoga instructor. Go ahead, vinyasa. Twerk aficionado and serial entrepreneur. Hi, Brit- hi, Brittany, aka hey. Trap Yoga Bay. How you doing? Good, good. Sorry about that. I live. We just recently moved downtown, so if you hear all of the madness, that is. The beauty that happens in downtown LA, mm. um, from Oakland. So from one hood to another, you know. <laughs> How do you meditate in that environment with, uh, without a noise? You know, I love it. That, that is a beautiful question to pop into. And I think it's, you just, you just do. Um, a lot of times people are always asking me, like, how do I meditate? My kids be crying. My husband be yapping. You know, my time, the time is ticking. And the truth is, you will never find this perfect euphoric um, moment where you need to meditate. And honestly, when everything is calm, that's not, you don't necessarily need meditation, right? Mm. Like the world be meditating for you. So what you got to do is you got to doubt your doubts. You got to say a few to your fears and you have to like literally meditate during that. Mm. So when you hear that fire truck, when you're trying to act like, you know, your world is quiet and everybody just hushes because you're trying to do something that's important to you. That is the perfect time to meditate, ah. which is to breathe, right? Right. I I was uh, reading uh, Quest Love has a book um, I, that I read. Um, it's about like creatives and stuff and like how to how to be creative. And one thing he like he's really big on is micro meditation. So like these like mini meditations sometimes it's like 15 seconds and like you can do it at a stoplight and or you know like or just you know like you're in a panic situation you just stop yourself to like breathe and stuff and i could imagine like trying to do it during something like that where it's like okay the siren is going off the train's overhead i'm gonna i'm gonna go inside you know (laughs) no seriously and a lot of times people feel like well i don't have time um, to, to take a moment and, and breathe and have this micro meditation. But do you have time for your catastrophic thinking? Mm. Like, do you? And I'm literally going to use that as an example. Like, I am someone who actually really appreciates a controlled environment. One of the reasons why I am a yoga instructor is because I, I am the most who all over there, head-ass mm-hmm. person you could <laughs> ever know. Right? And so imagine you're like, I want to do yoga who all over there. Right. So, so now I know that the class is going to be a class that I can appreciate and I can enjoy and, and so that I can do it, right? Um, but, but, I, but we don't always have control over that. My staff knows that if somebody opens the door after I start my class, somebody's losing their job today. Mm. I can't fire the EMT. Right. And because I want to show up, I've been really excited about being on this. I've been like memorizing. I'm like, everybody's like, what is TBGWT? I'm like, it's the black advocate. The black advocate. <laughs> I want to show up and show out. And sometimes even when you're giving your best, there are things that are going to happen 
out of your control. Right. So my my previous self, who was ridden with anxiety, would have something like that happen and would be like, <gasps> then I'm trying to mute it so that y'all don't hear it because right. then it's not perfect. And now I'm not even able to um, lean into the rest of this episode and you wouldn't get to meet my full self because my anxiety kicked in because something outside of my control happened. Yes. Do you see like divine timing so we can teach this lesson, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of trying to pretend like everything is perfect, we lean into it. Right. We make light of it. I heard that. I realized there was nothing I can do to stop that siren. I took a deep breath. I made a joke. I acknowledged that there was an issue and we all move forward. And right. that is compassion that is micro meditation, and that is the only way you are going to get anything done in life. Is yeah. to just roll with it, breathe, and don't try to hide it. Right. right? Don't even don't even try to hide. Don't even pretend like it's not happening. Yo, oh yeah, y'all ain't got no money today. Oh yeah, there's a fire outside. Right. Oh yeah, see, mm-hmm, I can't twerk like that. Right. right? Like, you just want, Come on. You gotta own it. You gotta yeah. own it. And, and is that that is. The micro meditation, accepting things as they are. Right. Do right. we get off? Do we get off to the right foot, friend? <laughs> yes, we did. The, uh, the biggest thing when you was talking about breathing, uh, we breathe all the time. But I think some people don't realize that. I because I started taking yoga a few years ago, and what I realized about yoga is that yoga is a uh, mind of a body and that's something very difficult for people to understand and what i've also realized is that you breathe all the time and people just think i'm breathing my breathing my breathing but like you say when situations outside of your control kind of piggyback on what you're saying when situations outside of your control or circumstances that you didn't see coming come all the time all of a sudden the baby crying you done changed the diaper five times the baby having diarrhea the other baby throwing up the other one's sick you don't know what's happening karen there's a lot of babies happening in this situation yes okay I'm no talking. i ain't got no more babies but yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I ain't got no babies either but there are parents out there they trying to get them into school and all kinds of shit's happening yeah. no, so no, no, i am a parent i'm a parent i'm saying just no more babies yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 oh, no okay. more babies. karen has i think we're up to three babies in the situation yeah. i was just counting the babies we, Keep we, going. we up to three babies okay so what's the other babies doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah the other other babies is grown you took a break between them (laughs) that done left the house so you ain't got to worry about them yeah it's 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 interesting too though when you talk about breathing because like everybody does breathe we all have to breathe we you know it's involuntary to a certain extent but then that's like that's like breathing for survival yes but like uh since the pandemic started you know i started doing yoga because i can't like play basketball and all that stuff anymore and this is it is different it's like a conscious effort of being like i'm gonna take this full exhale make this motion full full inhale make this motion freeze take a couple breaths lay on the ground breathe some more like it's definitely like a conscious thing but it did uh make me aware of like stuff like that where where i am in my car i am you know um sitting outside or whatever and i'm like oh yeah i'm a i'm actually gonna make a conscious effort yes um to monitor how i'm breathing and we call that intention mm. intentional right that is what mindfulness is all about and how you breathe when you're you know in du- duress it says so much about how you handle things 
And so as a yoga instructor, when I'm going through my class and I'm looking at people, I notice one of two things happen, you know, on the, on the not breathing side, there are people who hold their breath, right? Like they get uncomfortable and they're like, (gasps) you're like, first of all, you look like you're about to shit on yourself. (laughs) Second of all, like what that tells me is you're probably someone who, when things go bad, you keep it to yourself. Mm. You hold it in. Right. And, and though that's, you know, if we're going through Freud, that's like that anal retentiveness. Like you're just mm. holding on to the stuff. You feel the weight of the world on your shoulder. You stop breathing. You forget to move through. And then you have the other people who like damn near hyperventilate. So now all of a sudden they got asthma and they in your, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and touch your toes. <laughs> you're like, come on now. Come on now. Stop yeah, yes. Stop yes. And, and for me, uh, I used to think it was strange when I first started taking yoga. There are good yoga instructors and there are bad yoga instructors. And what I realized, the difference between a good one and a bad one is that a good one will actually continually say, breathe, 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 breathe. At first, I couldn't understand why they would repeat that until you, you, you're so busy sometimes trying to do the motions you that you, li- you literally forget to breathe. And the thing is, the breath is, is what actually helps you hold the poses helps you you know uh uh uh, uh, lifting your body and like it helps you push through the little bit of pain or discomfort that you have you just literally forget that and also breathing slows your mind down when you have chaos i realized that when i started just sitting sometimes and just counting to 10 or sitting sometimes or breathing in my nose or they had this thing where they have you breathe in one nostril breathe out the other nostril breathe in one yes and when i started doing that i realized that my mind literally would slow down mm. and yeah. once your mind slowed down you can actually think clearly because no matter what's happening around you stress is going to come and you can't control stress but what you can control is how you respond to stress mm-hmm. and they yeah. have done studies that say like if people control their breathing and get like things around them under as much control as they can you the stress is still there but the outcome will be different well they they do that yeah. with like pregnancy and stuff like mm-hmm. with birth like you know wow. what i mean like we take it back to the essence just yeah. for stuff like that so yeah. you know i think a lot of times that is a thing when um i remember because i had asthma growing up and whenever i used to like even just walk the mile not even run it walk it i could have an asthma attack and then they literally had to teach me how how to breathe like to to not have an asthma attack it's like fill your lungs yeah yeah like breathe in through your nose exhale slowly through your mouth then breathe back in through your, like instead of just like the natural in and out of your nose that people do or take for granted i guess uh at that point i was just looking around like you motherfuckers but for me, for me <laughs> yeah, but i had to like but it's like your body is trying to keep you alive you just have to help it sometimes yeah absolutely and in yoga they call it pranayama Mm. And there are so many different types of breathing exercises. And, you know, if you go into a lot of yoga studios, you're like, these motherfuckers are crazy. Because then they're like, ah. <laughs> no, yeah. um, and, and But there is that. And there's like the four-part breathing, which is very important. And, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but you can send intention and energy through, just through, like, your mind and your breathing into your hands, into all of that. And like you were saying, when you're stressed out, you are not thinking properly, right? Like, your prefrontal cortex, the front of your brain, that piece of you that makes decisions is, is, is like, literally depleted of oxygen. And without oxygen, the, the synapses aren't happening. Don't get me started. I'm a medical school dropout, right? Um, so the synapses are not happening, you know, and all of that. And so you literally need oxygen mm. to make a thought. I mean, can you, like, 
we, we really take our breath for granted and we just imagine. And right now, for all of the people who are listening, we let's say like just add a couple of seconds to be intentional about your breathing. Right. And the first couple of times you do it, you start to realize you're like, am I breathing right? Like, is this how it's two seconds? <laughs> you don't even recognize how your breathing works. If right. you're a shallow breather or, you know, so, so it's really, um, yoga is the, the, is the asana, right? The vinyasa style yoga that I teach is the physical thing. But another heavy component, which actually comes before the physical asana is the pranayama, which is the breath. The breath work is more important with your body and in my class i say that all the time mm. everything that i'm gonna show you today is totally fucking optional except the breathing if you forget to breathe you'll die right and bitch you find a way i don't want no death i don't need no deaths in my class okay right and i've taught like four hundred thousand people and i've never lost anyone on my watch but i'm just saying that will that would be wild if it just like slipped your mind for like two minutes to tell everybody to breathe and then you looked up and people just laying on the ground it's like no 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 breathe breathe you're supposed to keep keep doing that remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> back up back up you you killed him <laughs> you were mystery in that thing it wasn't me it was not me you were no, uh, now were you uh, were you I, born I, were you born and raised in oakland i i was i was um Born and raised, the only time I really left was to go to college. Um, and I went to, to Dillard University, so I lived in New Orleans for a few years. Um, and even now that we, um, that I have a residence in LA, I will never leave my home. So wow. I, I actually fly every Monday back to my house in Oakland to wow. water my plants and to check on things, make sure my family is good. I have a very, very, very heavy affinity, um, for my city. Uh, and, and it's on 10,000 right now because there's a, a particular person in politics who are putting on for Oakland right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oakland. Yes. She is repping. And I mean, look, okay, we just trying to, first of all, we're trying to get Trump out of here, number one. But number two, I mean, oh. a black, look, black woman, aka HBCU alum, you know what I'm saying? Representing Oakland. We just trying, I'm just, look, we just trying to see what's up, okay? We just trying to help make some history up in here. I see you in the chat, H. You, you know, I see y'all. Um, <laughs> ski wee. If some of y'all probably in there for that too. Um, how does a girl from Oakland who is in medical school end up being a professional yogi? Fuck if I know. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. I, I know. I, I know. I know. I know. Back it up. So in college, um, I, I ended up discovering yoga and it changed my life. When I tell you, I used to suffer from anxiety so bad um and it was very interesting i feel like we're friends here and that y'all wouldn't judge me it's a safe space Mm -hmm. my anxiety used to cause me to slap a bitch like Mm -hmm. literally like if someone made me anxious i would fight like you made you made me feel unsafe you will catch these hands right yeah and being from oakland that wasn't an issue in my family no one no one judged me for going to school and getting to a fight right they call my mom my mom be like put her on the phone and the first thing she would say is did you win? Right? <laughs> well, I just was not trained to not not right. fight. Um, and I didn't realize that that wasn't the best way. So either way, fast forward, I get to college. Um, I've also been very astute. I love school. Um, was running for freshman class president. A girl from New York said something that I don't like. Come on now, New York, Oakland. It's mm. 2007. Everybody mm. over there throwing bows and all of that. Um, nothing you buckets popping. So, <laughs> yeah, we got into a fight. And they were like, look, look, girl, you got some anger issues. 
Um, if you want to stay at this university, you will have to like do something with yourself. Mm. So I was like, I'll go to, I'll, I'll go to yoga. I'll go to yoga. So I went to yoga. It changed my life. It helped me with that anxiety. I stopped having anxiety attacks. I stopped having the desire to fight. Started fighting, like dealing with my feelings. Mm. So much so that I changed my major, um, into social behavioral studies and positive psychology. I uh, did my senior thesis on how yoga helps people during transitionary times, um, like coping with anxiety. All of that sounds great. Perfect future. You can see a seg line. Ha, yeah, right. Sidetrack that shit. Got married. <laughs> had two kids, right? Like totally wow. let go of yoga. Mm. Um, and, and one day realized that like, wait, this marriage is abusive and this is not how I intended on living my life. Mm. So literally hit my ex-husband and we're cool now. We were just joking as I asked for a ride from the airport, right? Um, I literally hit him with the, yo, I'm about to go get some milk from Walmart. I'll be right back. Took the dirty clothes out of the garage, jumped in my car, and drove 32 hours from Austin, Texas, to Oakland, California. Got there and was like, oh, yeah, 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 my job, I quit. You, I quit. I took the kids. Be better. Right. Wow. Um, but I was devastated. I just knew that life wasn't, it wasn't right. Like I, God did not make me to get my ass beat by moment. He just, right. I, I just wasn't made for that. Come on. Um, so I didn't know what to do. I was homeless. I was jobless. I had two kids and nothing but a car sleeping on my grandmother's floor. And I was like, girl, you got to figure this out. Mm. So I said, well, when was the last time you felt like yourself? I said, when I was doing yoga. So I was like, you know what? I've only got a finite amount of money. But I know what I need to do. I asked my parents and his parents to help me with our kids. And I went to Rishikesh, India, where I studied at the Haryom School of Vinyasa, became a certified vinyasa instructor. Um, while I was traveling the world, I applied to med school, got in. Um, I was like, I'm not ready to go home. I went to Shanghai, China. I wanted to experience human kindness. I went to Rio de Janeiro and danced like my heart was going to fall out of my chest. Then just like would not stop traveling. Singapore, mm. Colombia. Like I was like, I'm not coming home until I find myself. Mm. I mean, it took me like three, four months, right? Mm. Basically, the black girl version of Eat, Pray, Love, right? <laughs> and was was there like a lot of pressure from home? Was there like a like were there her parents and your parents putting pressure on you? Like like hurry up, get back home. Um, it wasn't a, so much pressure as it was judgment. Mm. It was a lot of judgment. I was heavy in the church. I was Pentecostal. Mm. And I had a lot of people saying, like, you care more about good vibes than the good Lord. Mm. You've lost your modesty. You've, you know, like, Mm. you're you're tripping. You are tripping. And for my family, remember, my family was like, let me fist fight. So they wasn't tripping. My mom was just like, "Uh, when you get back, we're going to pay your bills. Uh, We're going to come get these kids. (laughs) Right. Because I I didn't did my dream. (laughs) Right. Like, that's my mom. Right. Um, <laughs> my husband's from Louisiana and they, mm. they're very traditional people. Right. Um, and so I came back home, started med school, was doing really, really great. Um, was teaching yoga, like on the side, like really wasn't making a big deal of it. I did not want to be a yoga instructor. It was to help mm. me get to med school. Um, but then I had a friend who bought this beautiful dance studio in Dogpatch, um, in the Dogpatch area of San Francisco. It's like an up and coming. I mean, it was up and coming. It's gone now. Gentrified mm. like like no other. We know how um, they do. She said, hey, I've got some open spaces. Would you like to teach a yoga class? And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really do well in crowds. I'm kind of weird. It's awkward. She was like, you have full creative control, and you can keep half the money. I was like, half the money? Remind you, I'm a divorcee, right. med student with two kids. Half the money, girl, let's do it. So I did this little thing, 
And I kid you not, the way that I thought to um, put this class together was like, if there was like a ratchet ass Saturday Night Live version of yoga, like mm. the blackest, most ridiculous thing, what would it look like? Mm. And I was like, it would be twerking. Like, no. It would be like, breathe, bitch. You know, <laughs> it would be so ratchet. Right. Like, I just, I just want to do ratchet. And she's like, well, what are you going to call it? I was like, I love Gucci Man. He's trap music. I'm a motherfucking thug. Mm. I'm, I'm not, but whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm a hood rat, at right. least. Um, we're, we're going to call this, this thing trap yoga. So I like did this like little twerk, twerk flow thing, which I later ended up coining called the twerking chaturanga dead asana, mm. right? It's basically twerking <laughs> up, right? Okay. And I, I posted it, made a Facebook ad, and y'all, a hundred people showed up. For the first class? The first, my first class. A hundred people It was 92, if you want me to be honest, right? And and you're getting half of that? So I know you was just looking at the door like, oh, come on. Right? And that was like $800. Now I won't even fucking teach a class for less than three grand. But $800, I was like, oh my God. Right. So I taught the class and I was beaming. My friend came to me and said, I've known you since you were 14. Um, she was actually my high school Spanish teacher. So she's like, I know you and you'll be a great, um, you'll be great. You're doing great in med school. There's a million people who could be in the medical field. There's only one you, mm. you need to drop out. Mm. Three days later, I dropped out of school. Two weeks later, I incorporated, incorporated the brand more like holdings, DBA, trapped yoga bay. Um, a couple of weeks after that, two chains marketing team called me. He was running the pretty girls like trap music 2017. So they flew me to Atlanta. I was in a crushed velvet pink uh, bodysuit in front of that yeah. trap house, and, I, and and they gave me a stack of money, said I could keep it. I threw it on myself and and found myself at Blue Flame that night, and baby, <laughs> the rest was history. <laughs> that was my life story. How was how was? But it probably gave you more. It sounds like it happened kind of like, I know that like over the course of your life is not, that's not fast, but it sounds like kind of once you started oh, doing the yoga, it happened fast. So it, I mean, yeah. in my mind, it seems like they, they wouldn't really have time to have a lot of judgment. You know what I mean? Like, no, no, boom. Not. And when I, when I, so the, the, the judgment, like I said, you know, when I left the judgment that came through, when I dropped out of school, mm. my mom was like, I think you've lost your fucking mind. Like mm. you've already put up two hundred thousand dollars for med school, right? I was right. two hundred thousand dollars in student debt at the time, um, but you know. And I mean, when you when you black, it's like several jobs. It's obviously yeah. government job. Uh, <laughs> then it's a doctor, lawyer. Like it's certain jobs where it's like your family is like you on the right. Have you respectability politics? Yeah, right? like yes. this is something that when somebody asks me, "What's your daughter doing?" that I'm gonna like, yeah, like yes. you can low key be, you could be the wackest doctor in the world, but <laughs> if you got that PA up your ass, yeah, but your parents will be proud, right? Friends to you, yes, she she's a doctor. Did I tell you? Like, yes. definitely something that she can explain. It's like I right. can't, no I can't explain what you. Uh, what what my baby do? I know my baby do something. Right. That's like me trying to explain certain things. I just kind of make it up, and it don't make sense. It makes sense. Well, what what, I say. like we're podcasters, you know. Our parent. I mean, obviously, like now, my dad is like super proud, super all that stuff. But I remember when I first 
uh was gonna do this i was like i'm gonna i got like, boy you sure yeah i was like <laughs> i have to try i have to try to do this i lost my job how you know i gotta try to see if we can make the podcast work or else uh he was like you sure you, you, th- you think you could do this and i was like i know because it's it's hard it's hard for you to have a concept of something that doesn't really exist yeah help them understand the vision first yeah yeah it's hard to help parents understand the vision and and you know a lot of times people feel like their parents are criticizing them but really it's them trying to protect you yes i like if you know if my kid falls down and gets hurt and gets embarrassed i don't you're a grown-ass man i do not know how to pick you back up so what i'm gonna tell you to do is stay safe yeah and keep your job it's love it's it's honestly love like it's i think one of the things that um i like i'm reading this book on uh zen like black black people and dealing with like buddhism and stuff and one Mm -hmm. of the things that is like constantly is like how you can kind of change your perception of something because i do think a lot of people kind of have this like anyone that doubts my dreams is the enemy you know you a hater and instead it's like sometimes people are literally just worried they don't fully understand and they're gonna try to they're gonna try to tell you the things that they know work and because they don't know your vision they haven't lived it they haven't experienced it yet and and then obviously once they see you doing whatever it is and especially when they see you're doing something you were meant to do it's like oh yeah that's that's it okay my bad you got it and and like i I always believe you know i always (laughs) my baby is a yogi my my baby is a trap yogi you don't know what a trap yogi oh my god my grandma calls me trap yoga baby now and i'd be like really works just fine grandma Karen, what were you gonna say? Oh, that's but, so no, absolutely. It's really hard to, to to paint that vision, especially if you have you know parents who were born like my mom was born in the sixties, right? And she did retire from a government job. Mm. And the thing is, she tried to get me a government job very early on um, when I was fresh out of college, and I quit. I was like, I don't, I don't like them. I don't like mm. the people. I was like, I didn't even. I wasn't bothered. I worked at social services. I wasn't bothered by the clients. Right. It was the coworkers I couldn't I couldn't stand. I was like, right. look, Miss Susan been crazy. She gonna be crazy every day of her life. It's these like shady two sided bitches over here that I can't get with. <laughs> right. It made me feel uncomfortable, so I'm gonna quit. But um, but really, I, I, just really speaking to your point, it comes from a place of them saying, I, "It's not that I don't believe in you. Right. It's that I've never seen it be done in real time. Right. And I want to make sure you have your options open. And I will say, like in the beginning." My mom would be like, well, why don't you just get a job too? Why don't right, you just go to school? And I'd be like, look, all of these opportunities that are coming my way. And I would tell her, like, look, Erica Badu just called me and I, I need to go next week to open up for her in right. Toronto. I can't be working. I, I can't have a job and that, that, that matters to me where I feel like I'm doing, making sustainable change in the world and also be ready to fly to Canada. It, at a moment's notice, I have to make myself available for these things. Um, and, and it just took a lot of those big wins for her to understand. And honestly, you know, it, it my mom does my taxes mm-hmm. and it took her doing my taxes to be like, and then, and then I always knew it was going to be something. Right. But if I ever called her concerned about, you know, damn, I've got a, 11 employees. I'm scared about making payroll. You know, because if this thing hit, she'd be like, well, remember, you was the best recruiter in all right. of, you know, all of Northern California. Can you get that job back? And I said, look, look, honey, my hair is blue. 
right I, I'm it's done it's done yeah. <laughs> you know, it won't work for me <laughs> it's it. um, but, but to realize that, that it does come from a place of love right. and, I, and I really want you to not let go of that point of reminding people everybody ain't fucking hating on you no. right no. Hating on you. and if, if we don't like start talking about that realm it is not your friends and family's big job to support your endeavors right exactly they are not they they are not your target demographic no they are not obligated to buy something from you you know right can Mm -hmm. we dig in on that for a second i saw some posts the other day that said you know your friends over here saying happy birthday to nipsey hustle but they even check on you and i said well don't 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 discount what nipsey hustle has done for them right you don't know what his album has done for them or how right. you know Beyonce has gotten you through some things. Don't sit here and say people cele- uh, celebrate and support celebrities right. who have never done nothing for you because you have no idea what someone's art has done for them. Right. I'm pretty sure your podcast has done great deal for people, right? That's right. why I'm here because I want to can continue to share that reach and inspire those lives. Um, and so when we sit here and we sit in our entitlement right. and think that our family is supposed to support us. Then, then we got like fucked up. And it, and phones, honey, I always the say, support, the support you need. I always say phones work two ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if someone's on your mind enough for you to be shade posting them or vague booking them I, or whatever, then they on your mind yeah. enough to shoot them that text to give them that phone oh, call. Yeah, I'm that old woman. I, I will just call you. Like, I have friends that, you know, because I'm the type of friend where we don't have to talk every day all the time because people have lives. Yeah, people busy. But, but if you cross my mind enough or you stay on my heart long enough, I'll just call. I'm like, I don't want nothing. I, first thing I say is I don't want nothing. Right. I'm just letting them know I don't want no money. I don't want nothing from you. How are you? Like, right. that's all. Because that, you cross my mind. Yeah. And people want to know that you're thinking about their well-being even before you need something. And it does mm-hmm. not have to be super in-depth. I'm that friend. I'm very, like, I'm crazy, stupid, ridiculously busy. And, you know, I, I'm asleep by 8 p.m. Like, that's just how my life works. But I will text my friends thinking of you today. Right. Send me love. Even if when you respond, I don't text back because that, that moment has passed and I'm right. back to work. But for a brief moment, because when someone, when spirit has put someone on your heart, you have no idea mm-hmm. what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Correct. And a lot of people get really irritated about who isn't checking on them and don't realize that that person might be needing you to check. So if you sit here like, I feel some kind of way because they ain't called me, you don't realize that maybe they needed you to call them. Yes. When we stop taking it and having expectations on people, can we give? Right. Can we give people love? And if you need something to stop having conversations with people, um, to stop having conversations with people in your head, right? Like you, people be like, oh, I'm so mad at her and she ain't even care. It, it was my so-and-so day or I needed this sort of support. And the first thing I say is, well, did you give them the opportunity to, to rectify that? Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you say to them, hey, when you didn't show up, when I invited you to something, mm-hmm. it hurt my feelings. Because a lot of times people think that, that, that they go unnoticed. Well, also like right, like right thinking, right? Because it, de- mm-hmm. it depends on the story you want to fill in for the person like even when yeah. you talk about like someone uh if you because i do think people have like there are people that are haters and blah 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 but yeah, even when you yeah. yeah even when you have a hater or whatever that person is filled in a whole gap of story about you like it is they don't even really know you to hate you they don't have to they can just be like i don't like 
i don't like her hair or i don't like like yeah she thinks she all that or whatever and which is them like kind of taking their own thing and projecting it onto you so i think uh a lot of times we do that to people you know it is the they ain't checking on me but they put nipsey hustle up there well you just put a whole story in your head of them like hating you actively because they took the time out to post something that was trending on the world like everyone been saying it talking about it. yeah you know right, so right. Like, hmm, nipsey hustle or my cousin whom i've known my whole life right it's like 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 when people say like when people when people say like uh so-and-so forgot my birthday they make it sound like you like looked on your phone got a big ass reminder like it's so-and-so birthday i was like fuck them throw my phone in the trash like it's i I remember nobody's birthdays nobody but it's all what you want to like put into it the narrative you tell yourself yeah so another thing too uh while you were talking like you said you first did yoga in college what was that first class like what was that experience did you go to like a ymca was it something on campus and what made it stick with you that that you you know that you went through years of life and came back to that moment to go i want to recapture that feeling that's so beautiful. You're the first person in hundreds of interviews to ask me that question. Well, you know, I do my research, you know what I'm saying? Blackout test, you know how we do, guys. Uh, but go ahead. You can close. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I could tell you the yoga studio, but to be honest, I ain't going to drop their name because they ain't paid me for it. You know what I'm saying? But um, there it was a studio. It was a hot studio. And to tell the truth, this is so important. I felt nothing for the mm. first class. I actually farted and fell asleep. Okay? <laughs> That's both of those things happened in my very first. I mean, I thought I thought we could be honest here. You can. Right? Like, nothing happened. It was whack as fuck. But remember, I was mandated, mm. and I had to go to twelve yoga classes. And so it was. It wasn't until about the sixth class, and they say like some people call it coming to Jesus moment. Some people call it freedom at the mat. Where I was, you know, laying. I went through the whole class. I was laying there in Tavasana, and then I felt like a tear drop, and I was mm. like. And then it just like, you know, you like try to hold it in, like when your mama beats you or embarrass you for your yes, you know, just waiting for everybody to like leave. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like one of those sort of things. And then I just like it just came over me, and I finally felt outside of myself, and mm-hmm. I could see both the potential that I had for greatness and all of the ways that I was sabotaging myself. Mm. And that did not come until the sixth class. Wow. This is so, like, so amazing. No one has ever asked me that. And so a lot of times people will be like, you know, I've tried yoga. It's not for me. I say, but, but did you try another one? Did you try mm. again? Did you try a different teacher? Because the same way that when you're in school, one math teacher can make math super fun. And then, they, you know, that one teacher everybody had with that real bad accent that just was, like, super above. Like, right. that exists. And so you, you have to... To, to know that it is worth it and to try. No one ever tried a bad meal and said, I'll never eat food again. Right. You're like, I don't like that cook. I don't like the, I don't like that taste. I don't like red meat. You, but you continue to find other ways. There are over 30 different types of yoga. There are hundreds and thousands of yoga instructors. I say no one has ever really, really believed that yoga is not for them. Right. Some people say, I don't like yoga because, you know, it's too soft and too slow. Well, I do vinyasa yoga. And I don't know if you guys have been on my Instagram, but I built my ass doing yoga. My body mm. is, it's, it's hardcore yoga. Mm. And, and my partner does not like vinyasa at all. She prefers yin yoga. Mm. And that's when 
you lay there and you hold one pose for 10 minutes and the teacher come around and rub, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, lavender on your, under your nose and mm. props pillows up under you. And it's literally like nap time in kindergarten. And that is her lane. Mm. I don't like Bikram, but until you try it all, you cannot discount it. Mm. Uh, but, but really to answer your question, uh, it, like the, the first couple times I felt, I felt nothing. I felt embarrassed. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was white people shit. Mm. I thought that it was beyond me. I thought that it was, um, against the God that I had served. Mm. Right. Um, I thought I, I just, I just did not like it, but, um, but it was either that or school. Mm. And a lot of times people don't realize that every decision that you make is pretty much an ultimatum. Every time you say yes to one thing, you say no to something else. Right. And for me, that that yes no was more obvious but other people don't realize that saying no to yoga means also saying yes to 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 dealing with fuck shit in your life mm. and no to meditating um is saying yes to being overwhelmed and anxious all the time um so for me i almost didn't have a choice and i kept going until i felt something um but when i felt it i i felt it right. and and it's interesting what? that after you know the the marriage after going to find yourself that's the that is the moment you come back to which is this moment that you had this release and this breakthrough in this wait class. not the release of farting in the class right well not that. i mean technically both <laughs> technically both i mean look i don't know maybe people, people do that all the time you could have been gassy i don't know you know what i'm saying it was a lot a lot <laughs> of stuff pent up okay karen what were you gonna say what made you choose trap music because like i said i've had yoga classes before and this is just from me from my experience uh i know that i used to always think that's my people shit you know uh because that's how it's introduced to most people which is wild because it's yoga like we know it's not they shit but it is in our minds in america it's like oh that's white women shit right because that's yeah. you know lululemons like that's almost yeah. how um, particularly americans are introduced to yoga and most of us are, don't see black people teaching the classes mm-hmm. or either you're the dots in the class mm-hmm. and so a lot of times we have no control over the music and i enjoyed yoga but what was happening to me was that not trying funny the music was boring it was smoother right right it was like it was no connection it wasn't any beats and i went to the ymca and i had uh my first black yoga instructor and she was playing shit i was like oh i like that and it's more of being able to move and i'm gonna tell you one thing the reason why when you had your first class so many people showed up and there's probably a lot of black people is because we're an underserved audience and we like our music and so when you put something that's speaks to us and our music and exercise we will show up and people act like well niggas just don't want to do that no you're not presenting it in the right way i feel like white white people like that shit too though low-key like white people love some black shit yes that's that's the biggest lie in america where they try to hit you with the like like uh if you do that shit it's gonna be too black every like dave Chappelle sold the most dvds in tv history with that nigga show, dog, they love our shit. So it, it's so, so very true. All of that, mm-hmm. and to 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 get to your point, why trap music? The same thing I was saying about that ambulance. Because look here, people want yoga and they want peace, but ain't nobody gonna get no motherfucking peace until we get some power. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you're gonna get your power is to learn how to 
to find an equanimous mind through all of the nonsense. And so I love putting trap music next to to this Zen thing because it's all about balance. And most of the time, the reason why we can't convince black people to do yoga is because it seems too far fetched from where we are. So when we do trap music, it helps bridge the gap. Plus, the beats of trap music, you know, that, that open space, those heavy 808s, that the, the, even the way the hi-hats are spaced out, it makes perfectly for vinyasa, which is a fluff, which is like a sequence that you do one movement, one breath. Mm-hmm. And also, um, a lot of people who come to my classes, they've never meditated before. Right. And people don't talk about this, but there is a dark side to meditation. Because if you've not ever sat there, and people figured this shit out with COVID, if you've never sat there with your own voice, right? If you've never sat there in your own silence, it can be devastating. It can yes, be it can. And a lot of times people are not prepared for that. So that no. quiet yoga class, your brain actually gets louder and then you're judging yourself for that. Mm-hmm. So I argue that listening to trap music is a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. The same time I started teaching was when Cardi B Bodak Yellow came out, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. So if that song was so hot. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing, if you're listening to Bodak Yellow, like that song would take over your brain. Yes. Let me tell you what you're trying to do. You're trying to, I'll dance now, I'll make money moves. And when you're doing that and trying to make sure that you're hitting the pose to the beat, you swag surfing, you're saying the lyrics, you know what you're not thinking about? Anything else. Right. You've effectively created a single stream of thought, not thinking about shit else, not worrying about anything else. And you're just being in your body, getting lost in the music. But the thing about yoga is it's it's a flow. These sequences that we're doing, people don't realize it, but it, it unlocks things in you. So when we're going through a pose and I'm doing a side angle, op- you know, open up your arms, you're literally opening up your heart chakra. And I tell a little joke to make you laugh. And so that that gets your, you know, your your cortisol down and all of your, your happier and more, um, you know, happier um, hormones up. And then I'm getting to the heart of the matter. You're sweating it out. You feel those toxins going. And it starts literally with trap music. My company took off when I added a DJ. Mm. Like literally took off when DJ True Star came and became the music god. And I could I could be the best yoga teacher any day. But nothing controls a room like music, especially mm. when it comes to our people. Mm. And yes. They do love our shit, and and it's it's when I teach predominantly white spaces versus predominantly black spaces, it's two totally different classes. Like mm. not because I change, I don't right. change. Just the hair flip, you know, the, right. the, the the black girl hair flip versus the rock and roll hair flip. It's just <laughs> it just is, and you know, Gulam is one of my biggest sponsors because they do they love they they treat me so well, and I, before the the Black Lives Matter movement became what it is right now have shown me so much love and people mm. criticize them all the time. But when I tell you um what I when I when I did not have, Lululemon has always stood in the gap mm. for me because we we've been able to have very honest conversations about what it means to be a black female yoga instructor and then the other black female yoga instructors that I do see that typically make it on Fabletics, Manduka, Allo, let me call them out because none of those brands ever fucked with me, like literally closed doors in my face. Mm. Um, I would see black instructors, but then I would watch them and, and as a person who was looking for a teacher would be like, 
you know, there's this message that that's typically painted in the yoga community that to be a yogi and a black person, you almost have to absolve yourself of your blackness. Right. And, and but I, I hate when I go to a yoga studio and it's a black teacher and I'm looking like, is this bitch no she black? Right. Yeah, it's that you know? they do the same thing with um with like the Buddhism and Zen shit. Where it's like we expect you to reach a level of Zen where you look past racial animus and oppression and shit. It's like that's never gonna happen because that's real. Like, like, like it's not like that's not a perception that I that I fail to have. I'm like, not yeah, I Black can't. Movie movie I, in the street. Yeah, I can't. Nerve, I can't Nirvana out of this shit. Where they, <laughs> <laughs> they they pull me over and I'll be like, no, uh, race is just a social construct. And they be like, oh, okay, oh my bad, dog. So yeah. Well, now that you know the matrix, let me just go ahead and move you. Yeah. Like you can't knock me over and get kill yourself out of that shit. Yeah. Come on, come on. No, Tina, we saw Tina do it. It didn't work. She still got her ass. Right. She had to fight back and get out that car. Karen, what were you going to say? How do you deal with uh, black women, particularly black heavier women, that want to come but are self-conscious of like their shape or their size and stuff like that? Like They want to come, but they was like, but I'm a big girl and, and things like that. I know you ain't never seen my class. What's crazy is that is my demographic. We sell merch and our sizes go up to a 4X. Because let me tell you something. I love my big girls. Oh, I do. They come in there and they show out. It is a safe space for women of all sizes. But we actually, you know, and, and I just say like the merch sizes because that tells you who comes in. Mm-hmm. Right. Our, our number one selling size is a 2X. Mm. Right, and this is of rooms. When when I teach classes, I'm sure you saw the videos. I can I'll teach a class of 300, a right. sea of 300 black women. And let me tell you something: they don't have to. We don't. We don't. Ain't no full size t shirts, bitch. You gonna have to go ahead and cut this crop top and let everybody <laughs> see that belly. I need to see it. The world needs to see it. And if you if anybody got a problem with it, fuck them. You right. know. And and what I care about is not how you look, but how you feel. Right. Do you feel good in that body that you're living in? Right. Is that body healthy? Mm-hmm. Then other than if, if it is, fuck everybody and what they're thinking. Yeah. I just so happen if you if you meet me in person, the first thing everybody says, damn, you're a lot smaller than I thought. Right? Like mm-hmm. here, here like, you know, honesty alert, I'm only about five foot five. Mm-hmm. Most people think I'm like five nine, five ten. I'm a I'm a tiny lady. And mm-hmm. in, in most pictures, my students are like Standing this much over me, full figure, and and that self conscious, like that's just not the space. Right. I am the loudest, craziest, wildest, ratchetest thing in the room, and so and so I I suck up that energy. I I can tell when someone comes to my class because they are looking for a reason to hate me and to to validate their negative feelings about how how unfuckwittable and how unapologetic and how loudly I live my life, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. I meditate. I'm strong enough for that. So for the women who, you know, maybe have not found that boldness um, because of their size or their level of flexibility, um, they just know that you get here and I suck up all of that hate and I hold it and I churn it and I call those bitches out and I kick bitches out of my class mm-hmm. who, who I feel are judging other women or who are ganging up and chuckling. Mm-hmm. That has not happened in a very long time, but I am very, very, very protective of my space. That's why you can't come in after the first two minutes. Because right. once I set the stage, once I've once I've said this is a safe place, mind your fucking business is the name of the game. Like literally, I say the name of the game is stay in your lane. 
And there's a part of my class where I say, if you mind your business to keep your eyes on your own shit, you never have anyone else to compare yourself to. Come yeah. on, right? and with that many people in a class, like it's it's almost like it's, it has that effect where it's like i'm just a blip okay i'm doing my own thing and we're going and i'm concentrating on the instructor i actually don't have time to be looking over here at whatever the fuck's happening because i'm just trying to get my own shit right because i like there is a advantage to that and a benefit to having so many people um what, yeah. what and, and i call them out with love go, go ahead Oh, no, I'm saying I call them out with love. Like, if I see right. somebody over here watching someone else, I'm like, that bitch gonna get you fucked up. She'll know what she's doing here. <laughs> yeah. Over here. Right. Eyes over and, here. and that's how the class goes. Like, honestly, it's, you know, it, it ain't nothing like you ever thought a yoga class will go. Can you imagine you walk out of yoga class and you was like, that bitch called me bitch about five times, told me about my business. <laughs> but afterwards, it's nothing but hugs. And, you know, we even, we take twerk breaks in my class. Right. We have twerk offs at the end. So the people who, who are extroverts like me and they like the attention. They be like, damn, why nobody even watching me? Mm. After the class, I'm like, bitch, love free shit. Who want a free t-shirt? Right. Right. Get on the stage and we, and we, let's have a twerk off. Right. So that our <laughs> extroverts are safe. Our extroverts are safe. You know, right. like everybody feels safe. And, and, and that's what's super important. You how, know, how, um, it's, 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 it's a safe space. How Y'all make, I'm really sad. I miss, I miss twerk. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of i mean it's speaking of which our lungs like this mic came two feet away from me because right. i'm excited how speaking of which how did the pandemic like affect like how you do your thing because i know one of the major you know concerns is you know gyms small spaces even big spaces mm-hmm. with a lot of people in it breathing and all that stuff and i know we yeah. we now have like think ways to reach each other through like zoom and all this other stuff that people can do but like how did it how did that like kind of come in and, and rock your world yeah so we definitely um i'm really grateful we had the inclination to pivot the brand um last year last september i created an online community which is powered through mighty networks mm. um and it's it's called trap tribe and people can check it out by going to tribe.trapyogabay.com and each month we, I release curated experiences. Right now, we're focusing on friendships. You'd be surprised about how many grown-ass women are not certain about their friends, right? So we focus on topics like that, topics like manipulation. Mm-hmm. Next month, we're focusing on abs and ass. And I film, you know, several yoga videos each month, meditations. But the biggest thing is the community, being able to talk to people back and forth. And, you know, that was great. But to make sure I stayed in my financial bag, I just started going out for, you know, bigger brands mm. and I had already taught at Google. I had already taught at Saks. I've already sold out Essence Festival. Mm. We just last week we were featured in Forbes. So I said, okay, well, let's make sure that we, we create a whole department for that. And I have myself and my team and we go after brands and say, Hey, you know, you got all these people working from home. There needs to be an inclusive experience for them. I'll teach a Zoom class. This is what the price is. Um, and if I like you, I let you book me every third Friday. Right. And, and, you know, I've got an account with Twilio as well as Yelp. And and that's how we, you know, keep things going because I do not want to overly tax. um, I I don't want to overly tax my people and I want to continue to make it accessible. Right. But we've got bills. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) I see a lot of people are taking it outside too. Like a lot of, like, I know the YMCA we at, they opening back up, but you gotta everything they doing that's open is outside. So, oh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, because of um because of 
are are really like we play our music club level loud. Mm-hmm. So we we oh. do not. <laughs> it gets kind of expensive for us to do the um, like permitting and right. things, like, things like that. Yeah, Plus, that. we I've taught like I taught at the promenade in uh, like a, was Santa Monica, and we taught like literally in the middle of the mall, and I noticed a lot of people did not fully participate because mm-hmm. the music is so loud and I'm so loud that there ends up being a lot of spectators and I don't think that yoga is a spectator sport. Right. So more than um more than one to make sure I can keep the money flowing, I want to make sure that I keep brand integrity. Mm-hmm. So there so there that that does prohibit us from doing a lot of things. But the beautiful thing is it, it caused me to continue to be resourceful yeah. and creative and like honestly, the the online pivot it, it really has worked for us. We did a fundraiser, um, and and we're to the point where really our company is sound enough um, that we've been raising money for for other groups, which I believe that I've greatly benefited from. Right. Last month we did a fundraiser for Black sex workers because right. if I twerk in my class and you think I wasn't studying at the strip club, right. You know, that was a great time for me to make sure. That, that I pay it for, and right. we, we did to that, and we've also, you know, raised money for the Oprah Foundation, um, for Black Black Futures, um, you know, all of those sort of things. So really, what I'm worried about is making sure my people get their head to keep their heads in a good place, mm-hmm. and that we know that um, in three years I have a brand that's become a million dollar brand, and what I'm going to do is make sure that. I'm keeping the legacy going and keeping other people going who maybe do not have all of that intrigue and novelty that mm-hmm. just makes it makes it come you know come to us easily. Uh, but but you know budgeting yeah budget. absolutely is, is this something that you're teaching your children or your children is interested in doing yoga? Do they be like mommy yoga yoga mommy? No, I love it. My son who is seven, if I get on his nerves, honey, he will go and meditate. Be done with me. Don't okay, that's a little heart. that's a little too mature for me. Okay, at seven, I'm okay. Just go ahead and have that tantrum. I think I would be scared if my seven year old had the balance and the fourth like the fourth thought to be like, Okay, you stressing me out right now, I'm gonna be right back. I'm I'm like, mm-hmm. I, no, no, you're supposed to be yeah, falling on the floor throwing Cheerios. Like <laughs> We are very, very afraid of my son. He is actually <laughs> very well um well evolved in his mind. Like he'll tell you why you're acting out, you know. He's like, you're probably hungry, and that you have a lot of meetings, and that you provide for this family. And I just want to let you know that I'm grateful for you, but you're yelling. Like that's my son. <laughs> you right. But my daughter, on the other hand, she takes more onto the business side of things, and she's toured with me. I've taken my daughter all of, all around the world with us. Um, she's 11 now, and she handles my merch. Um, when, like, we, when we start working with volunteers and, you know, city teams, she is the person who will set them up and take them in a corner and train them and relieve people who she thinks is, is fucking up my inventory. Come on! I got your back, mama! Is, like, she's on it. She's entrepreneurial all the way, you know, it's bedtime and she knows the best way to get out of bedtime is to be like, mom, what projects are you working? Is there anything I can enter for you? When's yeah, come on. You know, so, it's, like, so it's time. It's time for you to go to bed. Have you checked inventory lately? Oh, you know what? No, I for real, for <laughs> real. Like, and so, literally the other night, we we've been ordering um, the exotic fruits from Fruits and Roots, yeah, and trying them. You know, homeschool, 
And I was like, all right, it's time for bed. She was like, didn't you bring inventory from the other house? And like literally stayed up with me till 10 o'clock at night doing inventory and helping me update the website. Like that is my legacy. Each one to each one, man. You got to get them involved. My mom used to have us, uh, when she started being a, a hairdresser, she used to have us hand out flyers while she was doing hair. Like we'd be outside going down to Walmart handing out them flyers yeah. man because like listen that's mcdonald's money all right you are you keep up in this house man yeah. <laughs> well when your mom says do you got mcdonald's money you can actually be like actually i know we do have mcdonald's money because uh we sold several shirts on that last set, on that last uh you know, marketing run we did yes that, uh, that, that is that is them what that is, is what about having a team like what is that like because there's one thing to like i'm gonna follow my passion it's one thing to be, i want to be an entrepreneur it's another thing to be like i'm responsible for how people get their checks i'm responsible for if they mess something up how it makes me look i'm responsible for like career development all this other stuff that comes into this skill set when you operate with other people underneath you Ooh. Um, having a team and managing a team is the most, I wish I didn't have to fucking do this shit, um, um, running a company ever. And the thing is, my background, you know, when I was in the workplace was in IO, was in industrial, you know, organization. And my job was to recruit people. So when I did spend, you know, a stint in Texas, I was taking people from their jobs at GM and trying to convince them to move at Apple and I would take a nominal fee. So like mm. human resources is my, is my bag. But how, like when it's your baby and it's your company, it's so hard to separate the emotions from, from that, right? Like mm. if someone was messing up and you're a manager at a, at a store or at a company, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, just don't do it again. Like let's get you into some training and all of that. But when somebody makes a mistake with such a small brand, it is critical. And I tell everyone when I'm hiring you, you have the opportunity to make me a millionaire or put me on welfare. And if I end up on welfare, bitch, I'll kill you. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm not playing that. And so so that has been the hardest part of running a company, which is finding people who are as passionate about your brand and understands your need yeah. to be black and excellent mm-hmm. at all times. Because if someone fucks up something, no one will say, hey, that particular employee messed up my order or gave me a bad experience. They will say trap yoga bag and mm-hmm. I will be considered responsible for that. So, so that was really hard, but you know, the biggest, the best piece of advice I had, I've gotten as a business owner who's had a team up to 11 full-time employees is that the problem isn't you don't have the right people. You don't fire the wrong people fast enough. Mm. And getting that advice changed my life. Um, because I, you have, I had to realize that not firing the wrong people is not because I'm nice. That is the lie that I told myself. It's not because I need the help. That's not true because they're not helping me. It's because of, y'all ready for it? Ego. Because when you hire somebody and then you have to fire them, you have to admit that what? You made you a mistake. Wrong. Yeah. You made a mistake. So we hold on to people hoping that we weren't wrong and it's a matter of our pride. Now, thing is, I believe this is what I was called to do by God, him herself. Mm -hmm. And so when you let your pride get in the way of saying, 
No, I know what I'm doing. I was a recruiter for years. I know how to attract the right talent. I pay them. And, and I went through everything. Maybe it's because I'm not paying them enough. And so then I started paying people more and they were still fucking up. Maybe it's because they're not culturally fit enough. And so I started hiring people inside my tribe. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. And you just have to realize that there are just, if everybody was called to greatness like you were, they would be running their own business. Come on. They would. And then, and then when something goes wrong you get the ads on twitter now like it's not yeah. even like back in the day where like mm-hmm. someone had to write you a strongly worded letter like you they can, call you, you the out medium think piece in public it's like my motherfucking yoga pants didn't fit and at trap yoga bay directly oh, on they twitter you. people yeah. and, and i am a no-nonsense personality and so i think i i get it i think people treat me pretty kindly because my clap back game is so fucking strong right. but i've been dragged on the internet before mm. You know, stuff like, oh, you know, people, people again, they fill in the gaps of those stories. Right. You order some merch and my team sends you out, you know, a cheaper, smaller shirt. And all of a sudden you online calling me a crook saying right. I stole your money and I intentionally sent you the wrong shit. And if I go online and I, I go back and forth with you and be like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would I do that? It would be so much better for me to keep a happy customer. It's mm-hmm. easier to get, to keep customers than it is to acquire new ones. Right. I want you happy. You say some shit like that because I used to go back and forth like that. And then other people come in and be like, you got bad customer service. You got an attitude. Mm-hmm. Just send the bitch a new shirt. What's your problem? Then you're like, well, bitch, the shirt was bespoke made. I can't get it again. I gave her a refund. What the fuck does she want? But then people are already judging you and you are losing money by the minute. So, so all you can do is fire whoever is fucking up, take a deep breath and, 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 and try your best to do better. But absolutely people, Amazon has got people fucked up. People think that. You know, if you send somebody something in the mail, baby, it's going to get their prime tomorrow. Right. And, um, work, and, and with free shipping, and it don't work like that. So and, you and, have to and I would even throw in there, like, the other part of it, too, is, like, people also on the outside inject the story in, too. So when they see you going back and forth, it's what's wrong with you? Because what America has taught people is a customer's always right. That's a lie. And be wrong right and the big right everybody that's an entrepreneur just with had the same the same excel like but the other thing is that so we teach everybody that but these brands are so big and this is how i did with our show the brands are so big i just i just modeled them like i've never seen like time warner cable fighting back with a nigga about his bill Mm-mm. like they like time warner Mm-mm. you can be on there like you raggedy motherfuckers they they are not coming they're just gonna be like how can we help you with customer service and have you tried uh d- direct messaging us and we and, yeah like they just go through that and sometimes you even have to especially if you have people on you know like you said underneath or working with you then i gotta put a teammate on that like you okay this what you do now because i because i'll cuss the motherfucker out so yeah, i'm gonna your need job your is job is, to, service, is to never do what i would do okay your job is, right. is right. do the opposite <laughs> do the opposite of what i would do <laughs> you got cold words in here when i'm in class and i used to like remove people then it would become an argument and all of that but i'm like she can't stay here right. and so now in the class i got this thing where i say help her help my mm. friend please so if I if I need someone to be removed, I will look at one of my teammates in the eye and say, "Hey, can you call out my friend here?" Uh, and they come get this bitch. That's smooth. Right? I'm gonna like, steal, I'm gonna steal that. I'm gonna steal that. Next time we do a next time we do a live show, that's when we get security. Uh, he needs a lot of help. Help my Just, friend, please. Yeah, can right, I, he doesn't alert or mess up anyone else's experience. Right. 
can i get several people to help him no just like take him around back help him real good okay i'm gonna be up here at the class i'm gonna help i'm gonna help say that my other famous thing is like certain man you know like i want to look ma'am 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 but ma'am right See what we're not going to do, ma'am. I would. Yeah. I also would think that people probably assume if you teach yoga, you have to have like a laid back approach to to whatever the fuck they do, which probably, which means they probably have have you. Yeah, they probably have you fucked up a few times because of that. You know, because like, oh yeah, uh, she's zen, so I'm about to come here act the food, and it's like she needs some help. Okay. Yeah, help. <laughs> I'm like, first of all, it was trapping in yoga. I was very energetic. <laughs> I wanted that shit. I would be so mad. And then we'll sage myself to, to purge that negative energy. I, I'm not I'm not in here. I said I was from Oakland, right? Like I'm not I'm not in playing games with anybody. Like I will protect my peace with a peace if I have like right. come on now. So 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 absolutely, um a, a lot of people do think that. And they think the same thing for Christians. So it wasn't yeah. the first time that I had been and, um, and women and women like women. yeah so like, tri- triple hit me but i'm not i don't i don't play it like and yeah. and really it's not even about them i'm very very protective on on how i let people talk to me or how i let people treat me because even if no one else sees that i see that and when you when you settle for that what you've done is told your brain that that behavior is acceptable and then you wonder how and i'm speaking for my own self right. how five years later you were in an abusive situation and you say i don't know how i got there and you don't just wake up one day ready to get your ass whooped and do nothing about it it's baby steps it's the first mm-hmm. time they talk to you disrespectfully and you say nothing or they take something from you or push you or demean you and you do not stand up for that mm-hmm. so to make sure that i am protecting myself and what i stand for i don't play that i like the, the block button is so i can show you my lips right now like mm-hmm. and every now and again if i'm in like a really gracious mood um, you can see on my page, someone will say something. And I'll be like, "Yeah, that's some bullshit. This is your one warning. Don't ever fucking talk on my page like that again." Right. And I'm like, just so you know, you squash them like a roach and let everybody see it. So, so just a friend right. of a minor. <laughs> it's also oh. like you, like you absorb that energy too. Like when you let people do that. I know I had jobs before where I wasn't happy and felt belittled at work and it does yeah. become part of you like when you're not at work anymore and you're in your regular life you're still belittling yourself so yeah if yeah you, or if, seeking power and then belittling right. other people you see a yeah, lot of that a lot of that right you see and, and that's what happens when um when people go and they treat waiters like like crap yes the worst kind of people when i see that i say oh somebody's still in their power somewhere else in their life and they're trying to take it back right now yo i say this at uh when rest in peace the basketball court but i say this at the basketball court all the time because it's like when you see a dude that got uh, anger issues like and it's funny because uh i know i'm very funny and so a lot of times i just diffuse stuff because you know i really am i'm 41 i'm not trying to ever get in a fight again in my life Mm -mm. no i got 401ks and bills yeah like i'm not i'm not scared but i also don't want to have to pay a copay come on but so but there's been times where people were acting like super aggressive 
and i have been like so what's wrong in your life right because it can't be this you can't be that mad because this dude file. traveled or whatever like you're about to throw your life away like fight somebody at the ymca where you know it's police and cameras so somebody going to jail you know these white folks gonna call so it's like what what's so what's up with you for real and i think that's that's like sometimes it does diffuse the situation which is interesting like it might not be that day like but are like you good like you i had a dude a dude i i played ball with he was super aggressive and you know saying i talked to him one day i was just like hey man what are you doing like <laughs> like you got a real job where you gonna fight some little kid in here like what are you about to do and like, uh, you know where to be tomorrow? yeah like and so maybe like maybe two or three days later we was hanging out after we played ball and he just started talking to me about his wife was pregnant he was scared she was gonna have a miscarriage because they had one before and all this shit. and i you know the introvert in me was like why the fuck is he telling me all this but <laughs> I, like ew emotional yeah, vomit yeah <laughs> but it came back i was like oh because i because i instead of just telling him shut the fuck up the other day i said are you okay and now this is the thing so and I now think, you're not okay yeah yes. but but like we transformed that energy together you know what i mean mm-hmm. so he was a lot less you know lashing out but i think that stuff is important another thing i noticed too you have a lot of followers on instagram okay you're out there you're flexing you're, you're, you're thirst trapping you got the uh you got the brand you got the you know i just got my own branded content you know this week yeah. uh you know gotta start somewhere um <laughs> what's it like like being an influencer making that that move over there to to you know what i mean to like to to that influencer um i had a really hard time adjusting at first it was never my desire to be famous or popular it actually wasn't until i started the company that i was that i opened up an instagram account i'm not a social media person Mm. at all i'm actually very um very present wherever i'm at that is where i want to be and social media does not always allow you to do that right Um, so um i think i realized that i had got famous when my daughter came back and told me somebody a kid from her a kid's parent like stopped her and was like you got the green my daughter has a green streak in her hair as well you got the green streak are you top yoga base daughter look let me show you these videos and and sat there um, and it was a woman who she knew, yeah. um, but sat there on a, on a bench at the school watching me on YouTube and being like, <laughs> when your mom went to New York, do you ever go with your mom? Like, oh, shit. Like, this is the thing. And then, um, and then it really hit me when I would travel and I like walk down the street and people were like, Chuck Yoga Bay. And I'm like, wow, did you come to a class? And like, I've never been to your class before. And I hadn't known that people would never been to my class knew who I was and had a relationship with me in their mind. So if I can be honest, at first it was scary as fuck. Every time somebody would walk up to me and tell me who I was and how I impacted their life, I was like, they gonna murder me like Sammy. they're like oh my god trap yoga bay 45 36 lazy young lane what's up girl like no no no, no. The, the most scared time <laughs> i had um i was teaching in atlanta and a woman was like i'm such a stan and i and you know I, I live in my little bubble. I didn't know what Stan meant at the time. And I was like, what is a Stan? And she's like, a super fan, you know, like that Eminem song. Now, I'm from California, so I have to just be honest and be like, white rappers are a thing here. I mm-hmm. loved Eminem growing up. I, and then okay, I, hold on, hold on. Before you even move on, before you even move on. 
why why everybody gotta act like nobody like eminem no more what happened I, no I mean, you know what i'm saying what happened but as a kid like yeah he had a moment he had a he had a time is all i'm saying it's, i feel like the internet trying to erase they trying to erase his time like it wasn't a time where he was running the game he was running the game for about four or five years that's I, that's all i wanted to look that's the only asterisk i want to add heavy yeah he, he was running heavy and so the whole song flashed in my head right like mm-hmm. i literally like i just tried to fit the bucket dare me to drive you know the song about, yes. night about that guy and i was like oh shit right <laughs> please don't go yeah she needs a lot of help she needs a lot of help send extra help um, <laughs> i dyed my hair cool. just green like you but no seriously and so then i you know i had to get safe um to be honest the brand has has called on stalkers. I've had to travel with security before. And, you know, on one hand, it's crazy in that I've impacted people's lives so much that they, that they want to be closer and they want right, to, yeah. to, to be a part of it. And it is super, you know, super admirable that there are people who fly to every single class. There are people who I've seen in Detroit, I've seen in Atlanta, I've seen in New York, I've seen in California. I've even seen them in, in, in fucking Mexico. Wow. Like they come everywhere, right? And, and you don't know what's going on. My biggest concern is if we have a relationship that I don't know about, that's the right. thing that's scary. Yeah. But know that by me just being open enough to share my story and exist in the world as I am, that that is enough to transform people's lives. So, right. so it, it's got, it's got, it's got both sides to the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually made me very protective of other celebrities and things mm-hmm. when they be like, Oh, she knew what she was doing. And like the whole, like that's the cost of fame. And you're just like, you know, not everybody actually asks for fame. Right. That like, and, and I accept it because I know that I am called to leave a legacy for the masses and it's a part of the territory, but people feel entitled to certain aspects of your life right. and certain thoughts and think that you owe them an explanation. You know, if I was, if I was there to pick a smile, I wouldn't have told them this. No, nothing. I ain't telling y'all shit, mm-hmm. you know, but in, in, in all of that, and, and that doesn't have to come with the territory. Right. People have the right to, to, to be able to separate the art that they put in the world. Yes. Right? Like teachers don't, don't answer to their students and tell their students who they dating and all that right. sort of thing. And, and, and it's encouraged that they keep their personal life very, very separate. Mm-hmm. Why can't it be the same for celebrityhood? Why can't you just take the fucking art and let me live my life? That's what I love about Beyonce. Like Beyonce was so ahead of her time with that shit. She was like, I film my own shit around my house. I will let you guys know when it is for sale other than that yeah stay the fuck away from me (laughs) like we gonna be like i saw some like there was a thing on twitter the other day where like she was with i think i think maybe Rumi was running around or something and paparazzi clearly were somewhere they weren't supposed to be taking pictures and you can see the picture where beyonce saw them and the picture where she got Rumi and left like she don't play that shit but but you have to have that because entitlement is so real right now like people feel entitled to everything about you and whatever their belief system is they feel like you let them down if you don't have the exact same belief system no matter how far-fetched their beliefs is no matter what and then also there's this weird like selena vibe of like love to hate people where it's like Mm -hmm. i i love you so much i fucking hate you to knock you down when you get to the top yeah it's scary oh and then also i mean shit instagram 
you, the motherfuckers dming people uh you know all that type of shit yeah i have to have my dms filtered yeah because it's, it's motherfuckers are crazy to make sure that there isn't going to be something in there that's going to fuck up my you know how many dick pics that came through my dms right you know how many how many women super aggressive have come through my dms mm-hmm. so so it used to really i you know really get me down the mm-hmm. stuff that people would say and now i have two team members who check my dms at intervals and let me know when my dms are safe and when you see I, like I I don't like, blame you, baby. One thing I've noticed too a lot is uh like Cardi B is taking her like she used to be on Instagram Live a lot and stuff. Now she's going to OnlyFans. So she's kind of mm-hmm. putting that paywall between it. And it's not that people won't pay for it. She, a lot of people will pay whatever she five dollars, ten dollars. What it is is that she's saying invest. Like you can't just come through for free anymore because y'all say anything to me. Y'all say crazy shit to me about my husband, right. my kids, my like y'all like we need to do something. to change yeah to change that because and i think it i think that's gonna be the new wave because i've been wondering for a couple years out loud on the show when you see like summer walker when you see um they just quit uh yeah uh, no name like a lot of them are going through it in front of us and then people are ruthless to them and then they react and then we judge them for reacting like it's a no-win situation for that shit all right lenny they've done that to her yes Um, before all of that they did that to frank ocean they begged that man for an album for years, years and then didn't support it and then treated him like shit for an amazing album yes they're doing it to Rihanna right now. She mm-hmm. said, fuck music. Yep. Ain't no money being made off of music. Go and buy this goddamn lipstick. <laughs> Come on. She <laughs> got, she, she, she got my money. I'm mad I can't get her, uh, uh her cleanser line. That bitch sold out. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I'll let you know how it goes. Please do let me know. I was mad. I went. It was like sold out, sold out. I was like, goddamn, Rihanna. And Lizzo, yeah, Lizzo. I, 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 Korean um skincare routine and I, I was like well Rihanna here we go what that water I'll take it I'll <laughs> yeah. take it they did it to uh Lizzo like it's just this love that hate cycle and I and I it is interesting to watch people be on the forefront of that as it starts to change you know like you said you got to have someone monitor your DMs oh, Cardi going off like y'all got to pay for this shit now like I think that's where we're going to go eventually Beyonce just don't never come play with us she just like she never <laughs> she's oh, like, Pretty smart says that it's back in stock. Okay, Karen, you better go online right now. What? <laughs> that is love right there. I'm about to say, don't, don't, don't think I won't open up another tab well, in the I background. In this call, right? <laughs> like this over, it's over. Bye. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, last thing. Uh, questions you guys are asking. I'm, I'm kicking it. I did want to yeah. ask you too about like what, what about like the white influence within like yoga dealing with brands all this stuff like how much does that affect like what you do does it does it not affect it at all like how how do you deal with that type of stuff and is there because i know like in every other lane like makeup tutorials there's like you gotta deal with white people shit uh right white people hating on you for no reason white people saying you know shady <laughs> shit brands that you know are insensitive or they don't understand stuff have you had to deal with that um very early on i did and I think the thing that changed that was realizing, and this is like really a, a yogi kind of ideation, that I will never ask anyone for acceptance, nor will I withhold my acceptance of them. And that means um, I'm not going to, you know, in the beginning, I reached out to a lot of brands and asked for support, and they told me no. Like, 
we don't, your brand of yoga is not recognized or, you know, all, you know, tell me more about your lineage and, you know, all of those sort of things in yoga lineage is very connected. Who you taught them and who taught them ah. to lead back to one of the fathers of mm. yoga. It's very, very important stuff. Mm. And so what I realized was I'm not going to ask for a seat at their tables. Mm. I'm going to build one. And very early on, a lot of people would tell me things like, you know, you got to stop cussing. You got to stop with that ass shaking. Mm -hmm. You got to stop. Like, they're judging you and you will never get the big deals. And the crazy thing is when I got my biggest deal, my biggest deal offering, I actually started turning them down. Mm -hmm. And when you remember that you are the prize and you are the wave and you are the future, you you will get told no a lot. But, Mm -hmm. But people be so focused on how many no's you get. And not realizing that only all it takes is one yes to change One yes. And Mm -hmm. after that first brand said yes to me, it opened up so much more. But you have to, you have to know your self value, right? And I always think of, and we're talking about seat at the table, I always think about that, um, that, that skit in Solange's seat at the table album where it was Master P talking saying, my brother was mad at me because I didn't take that money. He said, man, they offered you a million dollars. And I thought to myself, if this white man is willing to offer me a million dollars, how much am I really worth? Mm. Right? And and that was something to me. When I would give a price and they'd be like, yes, and I'd be like, ooh, you know, y'all say yes too fast. So you know, so I know that I'm undervaluing myself. Right. And now my prices are hot. You know, when I taught at Essence, I was like, hey, you know, tell me more about it. And they said, you are actually the most expensive yoga teacher we've ever paid. But I was also the only person, the only, only yoga instructor who ever sold out in 32 minutes. I was the only yoga instructor who had a 96% of people who were interested in my class be put on the wait list because the demand was too high. I was the only yoga instructor who who had the second largest wait list, only number two to Michelle Obama. Mm. So you don't have to see my worth and my value, but you you ain't going to get a discount for that shit. Come on. (laughs) All love. It's all love. You know, and I'm going to call them out. Just the other day, Apple reached out to me and asked me to teach. And I said, yes, these are my prices. And their response was, please explain to us what we'd be getting for this price. And my response was, we're not a good fit. Right. I want to explain to you, if you don't see the value, if you think that I'm just any other yoga teacher, if you think that what I offer is a mere commodity, then go somewhere else. Mm. But that's the difference in why people pay what they pay for a Supreme t-shirt versus a Hanes t-shirt because right. they all fucking t-shirts that are going to cover your back. But one has, has built themselves to say that I am a value, right. that I am, I am desirable, that this is what it is. And, and do, does Hanes sell more t-shirts? Absolutely. I bet you they got to do more work. Mm-hmm. I bet you there are people they got off for sales because they have discounted themselves. Right. right? So what I offer is not a commodity. What I offer is an experience. So I don't care mm. when a brand doesn't fuck with me. And I also don't give a shit about clout. There right. are a lot of people who are influencers who care more about clout than money. I don't give a fuck about clout where it's my money. Right. right. <laughs> That's important. So so keeping those things in mind. And to remember what are your goals? Right. If you do not know what it is that you want, then one, your goals become arbitrary. I mean, even when you get them, you, you don't believe that you got them because you didn't set it in stone. Mm. And two, you have no standard. If you don't have a standard, then, then you fall, then you fall to the wayside. And, and, and we have to, we have to, especially as women, especially as black women in, in these white spaces, we have to start to value ourselves. 
so much so that we walk away from things that do not serve our greater good. I never, ever, ever thought that it was, it ended up feeling like it was a good idea when I discounted myself. Mm. Whenever I lowered my prices, because I, for, cause for whatever reason, it has never worked out in my favor. It has mm. always been some bullshit because they are always demanding more of you because you've told them that I am willing to work harder for less. So you sit your ass down, and if you can't find somebody to buy your product, you need to reevaluate your quality. You might have a fucking quality issue. And that's for your. And it's like, what about within the yogi community? Is there like yogi beef? Like, do they? Is it like yogi yogis beef. that like it's it's almost oxymoronic, right? Because it's like you think of yogis as all these like like all these yes. craziest bitches in the world. Oh my god, <laughs> um, man. So. Right now, I wouldn't know how many people in the yogi community are not fucking with me because, interestingly enough, I've I've um, I've risen as a as a business, right? As a brand, and as, a, as and honestly, I fall more under the entertainment scope, right? Right? Okay. Because I, I produce events, mm. but in the beginning, oh my god, I got so many messages. You denigrate the message of yoga. What you're doing is some bullshit. And I have to be honest. Like one of my one of my soft points is feeling excluded. Right. right. That's why I created this inclusive community because I felt excluded from the yoga experience. And so sometimes I go online and I see all of these yogis, black yogis, who get together and they do yoga collectives and they mm. host events and all that shit. And I'll be like, damn, ain't nobody invite my ass to the party. <laughs> right? And then when I do get invites and they be like, yeah, sis, and you'll come and you'll teach and we'll pay for your hotel room. Bitch, <laughs> pay for my hotel room. Right. Come on. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, so we also have to remember that it's not always because people don't like you that they exclude you from the party. It's because you are exclusive. You know your work, and we have to be able to sit as a party of one and only move when it makes sense. Right. So you get excluded from a lot of things, and it might be because they don't like my branding. It might be because I don't fit in the boxes that people are comfortable with. Right. But I think a lot of it is I don't fucking play about my work, and and so all of the partnerships that I've done have been extremely advantageous. I have about three women in the wellness space who I've partnered with, and every single one of us have created million-dollar brands. Wow. They million-dollar brands within yoga company. So do I Do I really give a fuck about some bitch needing to meditate and forgive me? Come like, on. <laughs> right. Nah, I feel you, man. I, like, I just, I call me. Call me. We can do yoga. <laughs> I always like to ask that question when we have people on that we're interviewing because it's, it's so interesting like how much everything's kind of the same like it doesn't matter what lane you're in it's always like some petty motherfucker you just like oh here they come and, oh yeah yeah and, and, and in yoga it gets, it gets you know people because because they all every, every yoga's in their feelings right. so like I just feel like you you were lacking compassion you're like bitch fuck you and your passion okay right. like you were perfect and I think the biggest thing for me has been, um, to be honest, trust issues. Mm. I have um, I have rights and ownerships. You know, I don't play about that. In the email, my PR probably told you um, there's there's a little R that goes at the end of Trap Yoga Bay because it is a registered trademark. I have, I fought for two years and spent a lot of money mm. to get ownership over the Trap Yoga Trap Yoga Bay brand. Right. And I've had yogi friends who offer friends who offered to go on tour with me, and then. Six months later, I see that they that they've 
been trying to teach trap yoga and so now i gotta send my friends a cease and desist right oh man yeah that sucks uh business man that shit is the worst come on it it doesn't matter what you what you push right because all we all all any of us ever sell is energy yeah we all sell energy in one form or another which means you're going to deal with the same energetic low vibration Mm -hmm. the same the same people who, you know, see you in a healthy relationship and instead of being like, I want a man like that, won't your man? Right. That is the same thing in business. It's the yep. same thing in friendships. It's the same thing in, in health and happiness. And it comes with the territory. The question is, do you have enough in internal strength to do that? And and that's why I say, like, my job, you know, uh, in a ratchet affirmation, my goal in life is to be there for everyone else, but to never leave my motherfucking self behind, mm. which means for my shit bitch I'm coming for you mm-hmm. and, and and I mean it with peace and love right and I and I want you to be your best self and you being your best self is not being the Walmart great value second rate version of me right come on it's it's funny because uh we've had that happen before with the show or someone's like we heard another podcast and they did a segment like this segment y'all play on your game or whatever and I'm like the, like at one point I used to get real pissed about it but now I really be mm-hmm. like it's literally they could steal the name they could steal they could try to do everything and they would never be able to do what we do because we do only we can do us now obviously you know what i'm saying you're gonna get that season desist but still yes you will you can you gonna, all, you gonna get it though right? like, <laughs> what do we say the ratchet affirmation they can steal your recipe but baby the sauce will never taste the same come on now i love it i love it um all right we're gonna get out of here um this is a oh, oh we've been kicking it yeah charlotte, pull up when COVID charlotte. Is charlotte. <laughs> we live in charlotte north carolina so we're across the charlotte yeah like literally that's actually one of our biggest demographics did you guys know that no we got i mean look it's we got a lot of, niggas a lot here, of so. black people here okay so we hold it down i just yeah, figured I, I could see that when i seen you know some of the places you have been i was like okay you know gotta come through um yeah no charlotte's a big like charlotte we're it's a hit every time we go to charlotte so when when everything is all is over i'm gonna have my team send you an email i'm gonna put you on my guest list you will be a permanent guest wow i ever teach within charlotte i've had such a good time oh man that's so dope um we we would love to do it Mm -hmm. and um the other thing i was gonna say like tell everybody like where to find you like mm-hmm. all you know like if they want to like get that you know how do they even like get in a class do they need to yeah. like go where get a job merchandise do they gotta go get a job at apple and then take over their whole marketing department and be like we not if we not gonna do anymore is ask and then we're not gonna we're gonna try to make it explain like how they got us how they got how they can even how they can even she, find you and get down she gonna have people going yeah, to the yeah, job reggie said Reggie already found me. Don't need no help. Come through, right, Reggie. Come on. Look, listen, I'm not. Reggie, listen. Reggie, no. Some of Reggie these people, no. I've seen some uh, people. Some people wear the mask and they got the nose showing. So I just try to do a show for everybody's IQ level. Okay, we trying to get some people yeah. listening. They like I didn't. I don't even know what the trap community is. So I'm just trying to give her an opportunity to plug herself. Go, go through. I, let me tell you something. Let me. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> this is how you find me. One, you can Google me. Google Trap Yoga Bay, it'll pop up. That is the easiest way, and then you can follow what you're looking for. But I am Trap Yoga Bay on all social, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm not that active there, as well as YouTube. If you are looking to basically my my OnlyFans, which is my mighty network, 
Um, that would be by going to tribe.trapyogabay.com. I understand that people want to see what you have to offer. And so I will tell you what I give for free and don't fucking ask me for shit else. What I give for free is this five day life changing journey called Ratchet Affirmations Uncut. Uh, there's a free yoga class, like a, a recording of a live event that we did. Plus, if you sign up on tribe.trapyogabay.com, you can download my app and every day, I have scheduled out 600 days of ratchet affirmations. So at some random point through the day, I'll just pop up on your phone with the ratchet affirmation. So it's there. If you want merch, trapyogabay.com forward slash shop. Let me tell you something, baby. I learned about SEO. I'm going to make it real easy for you to give me any money, any coins that, that you believe belong to me. The collection plate is all over the internet. It will not be hard. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Amen. Amen. Man, yes. I love it. Okay. I lo- that's how you Give sell yourself. Give her five stars, y'all. Like I love. By the way, I love a confident salesman. Okay, because salesperson. Because sometimes we'll be like, you have comedians and stuff. Be like, so tell everybody where you perform. It's like, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. <sighs> let me look Every at my calendar. Time, you better be your own bullhorn, your own yes. salesperson. I'd yes. be like, thank you, thank you, Sabrina. Sabrina put it out there. Come through. Yeah, it's it's not hard. It'll be in um, the show notes. You believe in yourself. If I don't believe in me, who the hell else will? Right. Come on. No, I'm no. confident that in five days I can change your life, and I will do it for free, and it will be so great that you will miss me and want to be a part of it. That you will go ahead and pay. And like people don't like talk about money, I'm gonna keep it with you. I ain't the cheapest. I want six hundred dollars right. for a lifetime membership. Mm. I do, I do, but I'll be your best friend forever, <laughs> right, right over there. So, but but it's important, right? You, I cannot tell you guys about knowing your worth and speaking it with confidence, and then be shy about speaking my truth, right? Right? People ask me, well, what what would somebody have to do to be able to do that? Because everybody feels like whatever you're doing, they got a cousin who could do it cheaper, better, mm. faster, right? Mm. And I said, well, you have to have a master degree in positive psychology and, psych- and social behavior studies. You would have to have spent years in outside sales. You would have to have gone to India. You would have to have been uh, got 400 hours of, of teaching. You would have to have coached people for over a thousand hours. You would have to tour the world. You would have had to been able to make $500,000 in your first year just on uh, live events alone. Mm. Baby, there is no one like me, and I don't say that to be an asshole. Right. I am looking for my replacement. When my time is up, I'm going to pass the fucking torch and lay up on a beach, but right now is my motherfucking time, mm-hmm. and I want it. I love it. Ain't nobody asked Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, Gwyneth Paltrow started selling like, you know, vagina eggs, and we was just like, cool, like, we on this now, so I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm saying, I love it. Okay, I love the confidence, love the hair, all that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been nice to virtually meet you. It you know, has. And it's I'm been glad, beautiful. glad we was able to make this happen. So y'all check her out, trapyogabay.com, trapyogabay everywhere. I have it in the show notes. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Tomorrow is just a regular episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then Wednesday for those, uh, that have been asking online uh we are gonna do a recap of uh lovecraft country we're gonna go ahead and mm-hmm. do that so we were all, debating about that all yeah. you hbo people that love our recaps uh we'll see y'all on wednesday all right until next time i love you i love you too Mwah. Mwah.